You're listening to Profit Without Worry, episode number 97. Today, we're talking about three easy ways to build your know, like, and trust factor without being sleazy. And these aren't tricks or crazy things that you need to run out and do. These are just foundational practices that are mission critical for every single business. So let's dive on in. Hey there, I'm Michelle Evans, and this is the show where coaches, experts, and business owners like us get real about what it takes to create a profitable online business. I can tell you from experience that nonstop hustle plus random acts of marketing do not equal success. So how do we attract a steady flow of clients and sales without all the hustle? This is the Profit Without Worry podcast. Well, hello there and welcome back. Thanks so much for tuning in. I have a question for you. Have you taken the time to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode? If not, it is so easy to do. All you have to do is go to your podcast app of choice, like, I don't know, do you call it iTunes? Do you call it Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, you know, whatever you're listening on. Or you can just go directly to my website at ProfitWithoutWorry.com, opt in for the five steps to Profit Without Worry, and I will send you an email every single week as well. So what, however you want to listen. And I would love to connect with you. It's super easy to do. You can email me, Michelle, at MichelleLEvans.com, or hit me up on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Tag me, use the hashtag profit without worry so that I can see your message. Ask a question, leave a comment, or just say hi. I love to know who you are as a person. I love to put a face with your name so that I can know who's tuning in each and every week. All right, let's dive into today's show. Today, let's talk about the know, like, and trust factor. And I gotta tell you, Recently, I have noticed this kind of slew of things that people have been talking about, about building your no luck and trust factor that seemed sleazy and icky and like trickery and all this stuff. And I was like, God, it doesn't have to be that hard. Like it really doesn't. Um, and so I want to start off today with talking about a couple um, companies slash people who I think do this really well. Now, I'm not saying that this is how you need to build your no leg and trust factor. But I want to point to them because they have a long history of things that you can look at. So you can see how they've grown and they've changed over time. So the first one is blend tech. Have you ever seen the will it blend um, <laughs> YouTube channel or any of the um, YouTube videos that the, the guy, his name is Tom Dixon. He's like the nerdiest nerd you've ever seen. He's in a lab coat. He always has on like lab glasses, whatever they are, like the protective eyewear glasses. And they have this cheesy 70s music, at least in the newer ones. It is so funny. And his whole thing is, will it blend? So if you've never taken a look at it, a blend tech blender is... I don't know, between like $400 and $600. They're really expensive, especially when you just think like, I can run out to Target and get a, you know, $40 blender that's pretty awesome. Um, so why would I spend 10 times that on a blender? 
Hence the reason Tom decided to do this Will It Blend. And I think a couple of his <laughs> um, most famous ones that like got him on the map was Will It Blend for the iPhone. He did that one like 11 or 12 years ago. Like it's been a really long time ago that he did this. And I remember when he did it because YouTube was still kind of new at that point. And everyone was talking about it. Like everyone was talking about it. It was hilarious. And then the second one that I remember hearing a lot about is... Um, will it blend the iPad? And so people were like, oh my gosh, this guy is crazy. He's buying a brand new iPhone. He's putting it in the blender. He's blending it. Okay. So aside from the fact that the dude got like a gajillion views on this, I don't even know how many I, I should have checked before I started recording, but he's gotten a lot of views um, on these videos, which it equals, you know, like free airtime. But what does it do even more than that? Well, number one, it proves that he's this nerdy scientist guy that's like, you know, the mad scientist in his lab, like Q from, you know, some of the, the guy who's behind the scenes making these really cool things that you can't live without, number one. Number two, you know, if he was just blending you know, like greens or something, that's not very exciting. My $40 Target blender can totally do that. But, you know, if he's going to blend an iPhone or an iPad or, I don't know, he's done tons of things. Um, he's done glow sticks. He's done diamonds. He's done um, another blend tech even. Like, he's done so many things. What does this do? It proves who he is. It proves that his product works. It proves, like, that he stands behind why this blender is, you know, 10 to maybe 12 times as expensive as what you can get at Target. And it makes people want to either get in his camp or get out of his camp, right? And the thing is, is that he's built a huge company by doing these silly YouTube videos. I'll link to his YouTube channel in today's show notes. Go check some of them out. They're hilarious. You're going to be like, what? If you've never seen a Blendtec video, you're going to be like, this guy is a nut job. But... He builds his no like, and trust factor. And he does it by some of the things that I'm going to tell you today. This is not trick. I mean, it is kind of like showcasey, but it's not trickery. Like, he's showcasing that this blender really is a pretty freaking amazing blender. And if for some reason you need to blend up an iPhone, it can totally do that. But because I know it can do an iPhone, I know that it can make my green smoothies every morning with ease. And I don't have to worry about big blobs of chunks in there, right? Okay, that was probably a little bit graphic. I, if you're not like a green smoothie fan, <laughs> just skip over that part. Sorry. The other one is Gary V. So Gary Vaynerchuk, love him or hate him, the dude has built his following, right? He's built his no like and trust factor. Now, in the like factor, you may be like, I hate him or I love him, but you're probably not apathetic to him. But if you go back, and I will link to this, if you go back and take a look at episode one from his wine library, which is where he started at, you can see just how far he's come in being Gary V, right? So if you don't know his backstory, his family had this, you know, wine distribution business and 
he had this YouTube channel that he built when YouTube was still a baby. And um, it's the wine library. And he would like show how to taste wine, how to like decide if wine is good, like all this stuff. Um, and when you look back at his original videos, you can see, like, I'm, I'm thinking of one from 2006. It's episode one. It's called Verite. And it's where he, he just is talking about, um, wine and you can just see the beginnings of who Gary Vee is going to be, but you can see just how far he's come. And I want to share this with you because a lot of times when people talk about no like, and trust, they think they have to be perfect straight out of the gate. They think that they have to have this bigger than all get out personality and you don't. And you actually don't even have to do this on video if you don't want. A podcast is fine. Um, or a blog is fine or whatever your skill set lends you towards. If you're a speaker, speaking is fine. Like whatever you want to do. But there are three keys that I have noticed time and time again, no matter who it is or what industry they're in, there's three things that I think are mission critical to building your know, like, and trust factor. And thing number one is to be you. Yeah, I know. This is not like rocket science, but I think it's really important to say. You can't build your know, like, and trust factor until you're you. Not some weird version of you that you think you need to be. And I say you, but you know, like I'm pointing the finger back at me too. Because for a long time in my business, and you may be in this place too, I felt like I had to be some copy of somebody else who was already successful. Not realizing that they were successful because they've accepted who they are. They've stepped into who they are. They know what their power is. They know how they show up best. They, they love themselves or at least like themselves, flaws and all. And when I was trying to be a weird carbon copy of them, I was saying, you know what? I'm not enough. I need to be like that person if I ever want to be successful. And what I found is when I try to be like somebody else, I am going to fall flat on my face and fumble and bumble around because it's not me. Building a know, like, and trust factor doesn't happen until I say, okay, I know, like, and trust myself first. Like, I can't get you to know, like, and trust me if I don't know, like, and trust me. And the same goes for you. It really starts with you and I accepting who we really are. This is why I, I mean you know, we're on episode 97 of this podcast now, probably in 25, maybe 30 of my episodes, I've talked about the how to fascinate quiz. And I talk about it all the time. And I have my clients take it because self-discovery and self-acceptance are so mission critical in establishing your business and creating your know, like, and trust factor. Listen, you and I have seen this all the time in, you know, Facebook groups or different communities we're part of. People are like, I saw somebody using the F word and I just don't think that that's right. What do you think? And and people are piling on. Yeah, that's not professional or whatever. That is a way of saying, I see somebody else being themselves and I can't accept pieces of me. So I'm going to point fingers at them. Or they'll say something like, what do you think about 
blah, blah, blah. And they'll get all of these um, inputs. And I have to say, like, I think it's fine to get input from people. I think you need to be really careful on who you get input from, that they need to understand you, understand what you're about and all that kind of stuff. But if you're out there looking for people to validate that it's okay to be you or it's okay to judge people who you don't like, you're not accepting you. Like, get your eyes off of what other people are doing. If they want to, you know, offer crazy sales, if they want to make ginormous promises, that's okay for them. You know, you can have your own position on it, but focus on you. Focus on who you are. Focus on what, how you show up best. Focus on what you do best. Focus on the impact you want to make. Stop asking other people if it's okay to be you and decide what's right for you and go from there. So thing number one, and again, this is why I'm going to link to Gary Vaynerchuk's first episode on Wine Library TV, because I want you to see how far he has come. Love him or hate him, I want you to see how far he has come in accepting who he is. And the more he accepts who he is, the more he steps into his power, the more people decide they love him or hate him. And it's okay. It's okay for people to love you and it's okay for people to hate you. That is okay. What's not okay is to be super in the middle, just like, I don't want to make waves. You know, I don't want people to hate me. If people don't have a strong dislike towards you, they're not, nobody's going to have a strong like towards you. That's just the way it is. So I want you to see how far Gary V's come and I want you to really take a close look at yourself. Do you know who you are? Do you accept who you are? Flaws and all. Do you know how you fascinate best? Do you know how you impact best? Do you know you? If you don't start there, don't worry about any of the other crazy things that people out there are telling you to do to establish yourself as an authority, to build your know, like, and trust. If you don't love you, if you don't accept you, if you're not um, willing to be you, you can't fake it. There's no faking it till you make it. You gotta love you first, warts and all, right? Not that you have to share them all, but you have to love them all. All right, number two is that you have to share you. And this is why it's so critical that you start with number one of be you, love you, (laughs) accept you, is because until you do that, it's really hard to share you. You and I can't help anyone when we're hiding out, when we're trying to figure out, is this okay to say? Mm, I'm not sure. And I got to be really honest with you, coming from a corporate background, and if you don't know, I worked for over 16 years in corporate America. I worked in banking. I worked in dot-com startups. I worked at Microsoft. I climbed the corporate ladder And I was really good at hiding who I truly was and adapting to the environment so that I could, you know, climb the corporate ladder, get promotions, all that kind of stuff. It took a long time to unwind a lot of that and to say, you know what? It's okay if I don't like that. I don't have to accept that. It's okay if I do like it. I can talk about it. Like I had to find my voice. I had to, I had to get in touch with me and and what I really thought and not wait for other people to tell me what I thought. And that was tough for me. But 
what I found is that once I did that, it was a whole lot easier to create content for my business. It was a whole lot easier to talk with potential clients with confidence and not in the like nervous Nelly kind of energy, right? It was a whole lot easier to get out there and share who I am and what I do because I don't really care if you like it or not. Now, I care about people and I care that you're in my audience, but I don't need your approval to be me. And you don't need my approval to be you. And you should feel free to share who you are and I need to be free to share who I am. And that is what the difference is, I think, in really establishing your know, like, and trust is that when you accept who you are, you can share yourself in a whole different way. You get to choose how much you want to reveal and share versus maybe, you know, keep behind the curtain. And that's fine when you do it from a place of power. But when you do it from a place of fear or a place of, I'm not sure if people are going to like this, you can't build a really strong no like and trust factor because people can sense that you're hiding something. People could sense that I was hiding something. And, you know, again, it's our job to help our audiences not only know who we are, but decide if they like us. And again, you can like me or you can hate me. That's okay. But I don't want you to just be like, meh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about her. I can't remember where I got this quote from. It's not my quote originally. And I, I know that I saw it on a Facebook Live somewhere and I wrote it down quickly on a sticky note and it's been stuck to my monitor for probably like two years um, because I love it and it's a good reminder for me. Um, but I'm sorry I forgot to write down who said it so I can't attribute it correctly. But it says this. It's not... It's not my audience's job. It's not their job to find me. It's my job to be visible enough to be easy to find. It's not their job to find me. It's my job to be visible enough that I'm easy to find. And the person who shared it originally, it was a woman. I remember that, but I can't remember her name. Um, she was talking about, you know, if I make a tray of brownies and keep them at home, I'm not doing anybody any good. But if I go, if I make a tray of brownies and go out and share, I might ask you, hey, you want a brownie? You say no. That's all right. Great. Have a great day. I'll ask the next person and the next person because it's not my job to make my brownies sit in my house and, you know, hope somebody comes over to get them. It's my job to make those brownies and to get out there and to share them. And, you know, obviously in this instance, brownies is our work, right? Um, and it's really about being confident enough in that you're enough, that I'm enough, together we're enough, that we can go out there and we can find the people who are looking for us. This is powerful and it honestly takes bravery. This is something that I don't think we talk enough about in online business. It takes courage and bravery to get out there and to share our message even when no one is listening, even if we get haters, even if we don't feel like it, even if we put an ad out there and nobody responds to it, even if you send an email to your email list and nobody opens it, it takes bravery to do it anyway. 
This is one of the biggest keys to establishing the no like and trust factor. And and the thing is, is that that one time they may not pay attention to it, but over time you're establishing who you are, you're sharing, and you're going to attract the right people. And not everybody's going to be in your camp and that is okay. You want to help your audience get to know you. Even if your audience right now is teensy tiny, every business owner starts with an email list of zero, with an online following of zero, right? Everybody. So even, even if your audience is teensy tiny, it is your job to get out there and to share your brownies, share your message. You need to share your story, share your journey, share your failures, share your ahas, share what you're passionate about, share your why, all of it. This helps people decide if you're someone they want to connect with or not. And either camp is fine. You just don't want to be ignored in the middle, right? And finally, in this one about sharing you, you want to be consistent. And my friend, if you're not consistent, it is okay. Draw a line in the sand and say, from today forward, I'm going to be consistent. Am I perfect? No. But I do my darndest to be consistent because I know that showing up, that engaging, that communicating with my audience, that, um, you know, having this track record of consistency goes a long way towards establishing that no like, and trust factor. And this is not about being some picture-perfect, Insta-worthy robot of like, look at how fabulous I am. If you ever look at me on Instagram, I am not perfect by any stretch. And, you know, a lot of times I'm not fabulous, but whatever, you know, I'm showing up and I'm being consistent. Same with this podcast, same with videos, same with, you know, whatever. But... I've made the choice to show up no matter what happens. I've made the choice to engage as much as I can with whomever I see on my email or on, um, you know, social media, as long as it's not some spammer who's asking for a date or whatever, you know, those people just get deleted. But real true people I try to engage with and communicate with because, you know, at the end of the day, building a no like, and trust factor is about me as a human, engaging with you as a human. And then the third thing, so number one, again, was to be you. You cannot establish a no like, and trust factor if you don't know, like, and trust yourself. Like, that's just the bottom line. Number two is to share who you are. Decide that you are good enough. Decide that you are brave enough. And decide that today is the day you're going to go out and share your brownies. Whatever those brownies are, like whatever your impact is, get out there and share it. Even if nobody wants them right now, because somebody will. The third thing is to establish you. So, you know, a lot of times people talk a lot about making sure that you provide value for your audience. And I think that that is really important that you need to, you know, decide what the conversation is that you want to have with your audience and show up with value. Now, does that mean that you're teaching, you know, college level courses and whatever your business is in? No, 
providing value can be a lot. It's not always teaching. Sometimes it's sharing goofy things. Sometimes it's, you know, sharing an aha. Sometimes it's sharing, hey, I'm taking the day off because I need a mental health day. You know, it can be a lot of things. But decide what the conversation is that you want to have with your audience and have a valuable uh, conversation around that, right? You don't always have to be giving away, you know, 10 point plans to everything, but make sure that you're, you're really clear on what you want to talk to your audience about. Number two in this section is to keep your promises. If you promise something, deliver on it. In fact, the best way to establish your no like, and trust is to deliver, maybe even over deliver way exceed your client's expectations. Be someone your audience can count on and trust because once you get a bad name, honestly, there's no amount of advertising or fancy media mentions or, you know, influencer mentions that will overcome a bad name. Once you get that name, it's yours, my friend. Um, I shared a couple episodes ago, maybe like three episodes ago, that um, the person that I was in that, that I bought that mastermind from, that she has since changed her business name and all sorts of stuff. You know why? Because she has such a bad name with the Better Business Bureau and has been sued so many times. And there's so many reviews about her previous company that she had to completely change her name. Now, unfortunately for her, her personal name is also associated with that company. And I don't think that she's going to be able to really come back from this because she's burned too many people by making crazy big promises of like going from zero to $500,000 in six months. Not really possible for most people. Like it takes longer than that to get your business off the ground. I don't want to say it's not possible because it could be, but, um, you know, she was making that promise to tons of people. And I, I want you to just think like, how can I make sure that I truly deliver on my promise. So one thing that I do is when my clients come on board, they can Voxer me, which is like a texting and a voicemail app that's really easy to use. I love Voxer. They can text me, they can email me, you know, whatever. And when they start, a lot of them have never used Voxer before. And when they start using it, and then, you know, I'm able to respond to them. And so it's like, we can have a conversation, but in times that work for us. So we don't always have to, you know, have a formal meeting and we can just move through things. They're like, Oh my God, this is the best. I had no idea how great this is. That can be as simple as delivering on your promises is that I'm going to be accessible to you as we work through this. And, you know, it doesn't have to be some crazy grandiose thing. It's really just standing behind what you say you're going to deliver. And then finally is to prove your authority. I have seen a lot of people who try to prove how great they are through a lot of content, through fancy videos, through, you know, just all like spending tons of money on ads, all that kind of stuff. And I have to say, it's not impossible. You can definitely prove your authority by showing up with really great content. I mean, the blend tech guy totally does that. And I would say even Gary V does that. 
But the best way, you know, when you don't have tons of resources in terms of time, money, a team to like create really amazing videos to do that is to highlight your clients, highlight your students, highlight your customers, interview them, talk to them, have them share a authentically about their experience, good and bad. Like, you know, when I work with clients, it's not all, uh, you know, rainbows and sunshine. A lot of times we have to work through some stuff, you know, um, especially if we're doing Facebook ads or we're trying to build a marketing funnel for something that they've never really sold before. There's a lot of testing and there's a lot of failures that we sometimes have to go through to get to the other side where we have those successes. And I'm good with people talking about that because I want to show that not only do I make the promise that I'm going to help you, but I stand by you even when it's tough. Even when we're, you know, in the midst of figuring things out and maybe, you know, uh, an ad's not working or something like that. And we say, all right, we need to run another test. And people are oftentimes, my, my clients especially, this is what makes them so happy is not, is not like going from zero to a million dollars in, you know, 3.5 seconds, but it's saying, you know what, a big part of business is having the tenacity to work through stuff when it's not working. And Michelle will stick with me and she'll work with me on this and she doesn't run from it. And she, we figure it out and we get to the other side and, You know, just recently I had a client who came to me, they had previously worked with two other Facebook people and they couldn't get their ads to work at all. And they're like, and this client was like, all right, I'm going to give you one month. And I said, there's no way I can turn this around in one month. We have to test. There's building of stuff. I can see a lot of things that we can do, but it's going to take more than four weeks for me to turn this around. Like I'm not a miracle worker. And this, and this person said, all right, well, how long do you think you need? I said, I need three to four months and I need your commitment that you're going to be here with me to test as we go. And, and this person was like, okay, you know, we can do that. And I'm happy to say that in just shy of three months, we're seeing great results. But we had to do a lot of testing and we had to do a lot of reworking of their message and who their audience is and what the pain points are, the really hard, yucky stuff that's not fun to do on your own, but that can make the difference between a business that works and one that doesn't. Because I don't care what other people out there tell you. Creating a long-term sustainable business where you have an audience that trusts you, where you have a product, a service, a program that really delivers, this is not something that you can create in 24 or 48 hours. This is something that's going to take more of your heart and your soul and your, you know, working through it. Not that it has to be hard work, but it has to be focused work. And proving your authority is really you saying, all right, here's the impact. Here's the result that I want to have for my audience. And I'm willing to do the work to figure out how to deliver it, to figure out how to message it, to figure out how to attract the right people. 
I am willing to do what it takes. And I'm going to highlight the people that go through this process with me so that others can see that I can really do this. Does that make sense? You got to prove your authority in a couple ways. Highlight your people that you've helped. Let them talk about their experiences, the goods, the bads, the ahas. And also be willing to stick to it even when it's hard. Even when it feels like, God, am I ever going to figure this out? Find people for your team to help you really get in there. Hone your authority. Get it out to the market. Because I guarantee you, my friend, there is somebody today who is looking for you. They just don't know who you are yet. Okay, so that got real, right? And it's true. If like if I could share anything from my heart to yours about this journey of being in business, please don't listen to the people out there that talk about how fast and simple and easy it is to go from zero to six figures or zero to seven figures. There's nothing wrong with you. Creating something of value takes time. It takes focus. It takes dedication. And first and foremost, it takes you deciding that you're going to accept yourself warts and all. You're going to share yourself with other people out there and you're willing to establish and prove that you have got what your audience needs. That's how you're going to create your no like, and trust factor without being sleazy, without any trickery, you know, without, I don't know, the five, the five simple steps to this. It's you deciding I'm in this for the long haul. I'm going to accept me. I'm going to establish who I am and I'm going to attract my people. Okay. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to hear how this goes for you. Have you done the how to fascinate test? If so, what are you? Share it. Share it with me. Tell me what you are. I'm the architect, prestige and mystique, and I have a good dose of power in me as well. Well, um, but I'd love to know what ahas did you uncover? Did you find something out about yourself or about establishing your no like and trust factor that maybe is a little different from, you know, conversations that you've had in the past? Hit me up, hit me up on social media or just email me michelle at michellelevans.com. And as you were listening to this, did you think of someone who could use these insights about creating profit without worry, establishing their know, like, and trust in their business. If you can think of someone who could use this, would you do both of us a favor and share this episode with them? It's super easy to do from either whatever podcasting app you're listening on. So you can just go to that and just share right from there, or just go to the URL for today's show, which is profitwithoutworry.com forward slash episode dash 97. And your friend can listen right there. And please don't forget to download your freebie, Five Steps to Profit Without Worry. You can get that at today's show notes or go to profitwithoutworry.com forward slash free so that you can see what it takes to create a movement with your marketing. All right, I hope you have an amazing week and I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place on another great episode of Profit Without Worry. I'll see you then.